Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Approaching Starbase One, sir. Captain Bridge, we've arrived at Starbase One. Acknowledge number one. Welcome back to Starbase One, a podcast dedicated to the MMO Star Trek Online. Thank you to everyone who downloaded and or streamed last week's episode. If you're a return listener or a new listener, we'd like to thank you for that. All right, time to introduce my co-hosts for today. I'm here today with... David. Still Admiral Aaron. And I'm Steve. And Colin's off with the rage virus. I meant flu. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, today we'll be uh, finishing off our journey, revisiting all of the uh, previous STO uh, seasons, uh, but before we go into the next season, didn't you have uh, something you want to talk about, Aaron? First, yes, actually, um, I wanted to talk about the Stowe Foundry and the sunsetting of the Stowe Foundry, which took place on April the 11th of 2019. Before I go into it, did what did you guys think when they kind of like shut down the foundry? I was a bit shocked to us because it was like purely like a a community driven thing and like you were a huge part of it for me i could see it coming every release that they were doing it seemed there are more and more issues relating to the foundry it was always offline for longer periods of time more and more things weren't being fixed especially after the devs who really loved the foundry from launch when they had left cryptic nobody was there to sort of pick it up and it wasn't really something that sort of made them money it's not something that they sold so I completely understood although so many good stories came from that especially when they had issues where they weren't releasing content there was so much stuff that you could still go in and do just based on player generated content yeah it's unfortunate but um, I also saw the writing on the wall Every time a new release would be uh, set up on the on the live servers, it would almost immediately mean that they'd have to bring down the uh, the foundry for an extended period of time, and there were fewer and fewer people on staff that would appear to support it. Yeah, exactly. So those are all valid points, and I want I, I want to convey something very clearly before I start. Here is number one: I'm not mad or pissed off at the game or the devs about this. I do understand. I'm just kind of sad, right? Uh, the Foundry was a large portion of my my time with the game. It is what I focused in on. It's what kind of like, I spent hours, hours in game just playing around with the Foundry, sometimes just for fun, to make little kind of fun scenes that I would upload to Twitter, but not anything I would actually release. The Foundry Foundry was a very, like, I think it was very core to my play style. So when the Foundry was announced that it was sunsetting, it was uh, it was actually a huge blow to me. Um, I kind of didn't know where I fit into the game. And I was kind of like, I felt kind of like tossed to the side. And I want to make sure that people understand when I say that, I'm not saying the devs did me wrong, right? It's just, you know, how I personally feel. However... On the flip of the coin, I do completely understand why. Everyone had valid points that you just mentioned, and I could also see the writing on the wall. Anytime any release came up, it was the very first thing I did was I didn't play the release content. I played my content when the Foundry was turned on to see how any update they did affected my missions. Did it break anything? Did it cause issues? Like It was like a constant task I had to do. 
then I had to go and fix any issues that may have cropped up or institute a little chat window. Hey, this is kind of broken. This is how you get around it into my missions and then republish. As we lost certain devs that had an affinity towards the, the foundry, I could see it as well. It, 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 I found like it was taking longer for us to get updated assets. Uh, certain maps were left broken and never fixed. So you could actually see it coming down the line. And then, as you said, when uh, when they did updates, the foundry would go down for like a couple months <laughs> before it would go down for a couple weeks. Now it would go down for a couple months before it would come up. And it would take someone like myself or Duncan or the Founder Roundtable group, and they would uh, they would have to kind of like put pressure a little bit to find out what was going on. So you could kind of see it coming. And yeah, and especially when they did put it back up, it was then some. I think it was on one occasion. It then got took down a couple of days later, didn't it? Exactly. We had a couple situations like that. And it started to impact me before they announced the sunset where I had missions planned. Like um, my final release, which was my April Fool's mission, that actually was a Christmas special. (laughs) (laughs) It was supposed to launch on uh, Christmas Eve as a little bit of a joke. And it it had a complete little bit of a Christmas theme to it. And I had to stop because they kind of froze everything. And I was like, I guess I'm not releasing this. So I kind of sat on it and I was actually going to wait until Christmas 20, 2019 to release it. And then, then they announced it and I was like, nope, this lit a fire underneath my butt. I need to complete this right now <laughs> <laughs> and release it as an April Fool. And I had to retheme everything and relaunch everything. So the good news, and I will say good news out of it was um, when they gave us that time period because they, they announced it and I, I believe they almost gave us more than a month. It was at least four to six weeks, I would like to say. Exactly. And that gave it time for people to play Foundry, go through some of the missions they enjoyed. It gave us time as authors to make sure we saved our assets and our missions and our stories. And, you know, it gave me an opportunity to record all my missions. I did Twitch streams with them. And it gave me a few channels to kind of wrap up what I wanted to wrap up and what I felt was left undone for me. So I, I appreciate that. Now I've had a year kind of think about it and analyze it. I understand it, but I will tell you one thing. I really miss it. And I feel for me, it's it's one of the things that is missing for me. And sometimes I struggle to, uh, struggle to play Star Trek online and I just log in and I do the daily stuff and then I wait you know, the couple months for them to release new content. And that's kind of like my playstyle. So there's some times where I don't log in at all if nothing's out, if we're not having like a, any daily tasks to do for a reward. There's, there's sometimes weeks I don't log in. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. But I've kind of doubled in focused on where I am right now with the game and what I enjoy. And even though that aspect of everything is missing from me, I, I love the stories. And they're doing an amazing job with the stories. And I, I can't say enough praise about that. Yeah. And that's where I am. And I realize that's the player I am. That's what I'm here for. For me, I haven't particularly missed the Foundry. Because, of course, since just before that had happened was when I started having my health problems. So... I just wasn't able to get to my computer to actually play the game, never mind podcast. Um, so for me, it hasn't got to the point. And with the introduction of like the Endeavor system, there's always something to do. And I'm also a completionist. So <laughs> there's always something, whether it's going back to finally finish off getting all the um, special recruits sorted out, which I'm nearly done on that. Or sorting out accolades there's always been something so i haven't actually had the opportunity to miss it because i didn't always get the chance to play but when i did it was so good because as part of tribbles and other podcasts i did we were often going through reviewing foundry missions and of course i'd occasionally guest on like foundry roundtable and things like that and we'd go through missions and it was always fun doing that in some ways it would be nice if they could 
bring it back but in a more of a limited fashion so have you know like they have triple um and the red shirt um shards but they have a shard that's purely for foundry and you've you basically took the words right out of my mouth that's kind of what i i kind of wish would happen do i think it's gonna happen no do I, in the deep dark of me, pray it happens? Yes. Because that would allow them, because then that would be completely separated. It wouldn't have anything that people could do mission-wise. People could just port over their character as is to play any mission that they want. And then that way people can create stuff just for that shard. When new maps are actually added, it's then it's not interacting with any missions or anything else like that. So it's then yeah. just empty areas and points for people to travel to exactly but i can see why they don't put any resources into it because of course with all the good stuff they've been doing it means for somebody to go away and do that it would almost be a full-time job for weeks to have someone just to come up and separate all that out and to plan it and um or even more than one person to be honest so it's it's financially for the studio it's a lot of money with very limited gains exactly i think you hit the nail on the head at the end of the day the foundry system is part of an ecosystem for the game that's supposed to generate revenue whether it supports players coming into the game to create their own content which in turn adds more players at the end of the day that if the foundry wasn't generating revenue like anything else it would be cast off unfortunately that's why I don't think a shard would necessarily solve your problem. It just extends it a little bit. It would delay the inevitable. Exactly. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's all just time away from other developments which would earn them revenue. Um, although another shard would separate out functionality, so you're not having to port across any missions or anything else like that. So it reduces it, I would say, as a possibility. Not knowing their system, it's hard to say for certain. Exactly. It at least would reduce it. And at least it means, okay, well, we release this new content, but that new content doesn't actually have to go onto the new shard. So if they need to port anything over, they can just do that at any time. And it could be even sort of a year later or something when sort of time allowed. Yeah. But as I said, it's just like, what benefit would they get? How many players do they truly get who want to do this sort of thing? Exactly. And then if people want to play that, having an extra shard would also limit that because that's downloading another copy of the game. So that's what the game's up to, what, 20 gig now? (laughs) So that means that someone's then got to have all that on their machine. So a whole load of other problems come with using that solution. So as with most things, there's never any perfect solution to this thing. Exactly. It was very unique to Star Trek Online because it wasn't something that you really got. And today you have games like Minecraft where you can just go in, make your own stuff. But unfortunately, it's just not Star Trek based. Exactly. Now, I did want to say that a couple things. I'm happy, as weird as that sounds, happy that this happened in 2019. If this had happened this year, it would have been absolutely devastating for me i think with everything going on in the world if this happened in 2020 i probably would have just left the game completely to be honest with you um i'm happy it happened last year so i was able to kind of address with it last year (laughs) but um apart from that it's it is it is what it is and as somebody who i like to call myself the loudest voice of the foundry (laughs) (laughs) um uh, I was kind of like the person who was always like, hey, Foundry exists. This is what it is. Da, 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 da. Pay attention. Pay attention. Right. Yeah. To have my voice kind of a little bit silenced. It's been a struggle to figure out where I fit now. So that's why I'm, I I kind of like was like glad we launched the relaunch, the deck. Oh, sorry. The uh, Starbase One podcast, formerly yeah. the Decade podcast, because it gives me an opportunity to rediscover what what I played this game for. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a few people who have sort of commented because when we're deciding on what we want to do, it's just like, well, how many people really want to listen to what's gone on before? But there's a lot of people who 
some people have gone away from the game and come back and missed. And there's also people who have just continued there. But because these things are just there, they haven't taken any time to just think, oh, when did that come in? Oh, I love that. I haven't played that for ages. So we've had a lot of people who have sort of come in and said, oh, I've actually been enjoying these reviews of what has been since Decade was last on the air. Because it's given them time to just reflect on just how much has come out from Star Trek Online. Exactly. Enough. Yeah, it's like it's been a huge like nostalgia trip in a way for yeah. a lot of people. So it's also just something a little bit different as well, because so many podcasts out there, not many of them really take the time to do so. Exactly. One thing that I have noted, though, with the demise of the Foundry, one thing that they left in the game was the old riser map. And the reason they left that in was because of the Foundry missions. Um, at least that's what I recall was the reason for it. But of course, now going to Riser, it's just like, which map do you want to go to? And I'm thinking, that doesn't actually need to be there anymore. Don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was thinking is they now have much bigger maps because Riser was always quite a big map. And yep. they now have bigger maps and they can do a lot more with the technology that they have. So what I was thinking is there is no reason that they can't bring in that classic map for people just to do things around. Uh, but now using the floaters and the surfboards um, is to just stick that far out so people can actually just travel over there. Yeah. Um, or even make it, you know, they have that wherever the promotional ship is that appears. Exactly. Have it that appears underneath that. But they add in some sort of invisible wall that you can't actually hit it or something. But if they actually made it that you could actually fl fly underneath it, because at the moment it's just a graphic, um, so you don't have that view. But it would almost be nice if, because if they've obviously got the models of the ship anyway, and given that the ships are actually the size of characters anyway, because of the scale from your space view to your ground yeah. view that should scale okay but it would just be good if they then moved it so you could then just visit that and even have it as a place that you could actually beam to as well exactly and have floater combat oh that would be so much fun <laughs> but it's just like they could use they've got the island there so it's then somewhere that people can then head over to but then also new people join the game it's just like well what does classic mean Oh, nothing to do here because they then don't know why it's there. So it's just like, well, for people who have been with the game, they can go back to it going, oh, I remember when that used to be a separate map. And it's then a talking point for like Fleet Chat or whatever else when you people sort of ask about why that's even there. But as I said, if they have the ship above it where you could even fly around it, just how cool would that be? Sort of your feature ship actually being able to fly up to it, even if it's just to the underneath of it, just to see the detail which they have in the game. Exactly. You know that I know the answer to that is it's amazing and everybody loves it. <laughs> mm -hmm. With my uh, my Spotlit Foundry mission, Starbase Invictus, that I can tell you that's one thing I did. I instituted floater combat. I instituted allowing players to go on the, the ships that I spawned on the outside of the Starbase and their floaters, and they could walk along the hall of the Starbase and tell, I can tell you 100% every single comment mentioned, thank you for doing that. It's amazing. I love it. And it's, you know what? I really wish that's one thing the game would take from kind of like what I did and be like, see, everyone liked this. Let's, let's institute this somehow. Like, do it on Ryza. Like, have people walk around the hall of the Starbase. Not Starbase, uh, the Starship they're giving away. I think that would be a cool idea. Yeah, because even if they made it, that is sort of just like laser tag that during this time period, that the more people you hit uh, or the amount of damage you did, you got points for, which then turned into prizes. Um, but it didn't. It wouldn't actually kill you. So it's just be right. You do that much damage, you get that much points. Beyond stun only. So it is, it's sort of stun. So you'd just get like frozen or something. But it's just like you could have so much fun because they have that mechanism in game where you get stunned instead. So it's just having, and even if they made special weapons that you could play with, again, it's something that people, again, they could get it from vendors. So you can get different types of weapons that do different things. 
um, and it should all just be using the same thing and it'd just be so cool and they could just reuse the old map island extend the map that they've got and sort of merge that in so it's then for the old people in the game it's like i remember when this used to be a separate map and for <laughs> new people they wouldn't know any difference exactly yeah you never know i will say one thing I do appreciate the fact when they did shut down the Foundry mission, they paid special attention to people who played missions and gave them a little reward to thank them for doing that. Uh, they had people who created missions, they gave them a special like spotlight. And obviously individuals who got spotlit got the Genesis device, which is a freaking cool. And it's, it's a one-off in game and not many players have it. And I love just randomly dropping my Genesis device anywhere I go. That's the one thing, because um, I'd created some foundry missions and stuff myself, although it is more sort of social areas that I'd created. Um, I hadn't got anything spotlit. So that was the only reward out of all the foundry stuff that I didn't actually receive was that one. And it's so fitting that I have a Genesis device. <laughs> <laughs> tad bit but, dangerous, I think. A tad bit. But uh, I think we could uh, wrap up the Foundry. Otherwise, I could talk for at least three hours about Foundry and everyone be like, can this guy just blow up his Genesis device already? Well, what I think the devs <laughs> should do is, in respect to the Foundry being down so often, is what they should do is, after every release, is they should accidentally on purpose nerf the genesis device so it just <laughs> does damage to the person throwing it just for all the sort of reminders of the problems with the foundry going up and down after releases you'll be all uh, right with that wouldn't you doesn't my ship blow up enough already <laughs> backfires a little bit just a bit. Uh, oh. so I yes guess we should move on to season 18 the awakening Okay, so for season 18, we had the introduction of new patrols, which also added in patrol UI, the event, new event UI as well for all the TFOs, which I like a lot better. I think it's also when they added in the random TFO button as well. Yes, I think so. I've seen that on console when it was released. And... That all started with the Mycelial Crisis TFO as well. Ooh, that was my favorite. I love Mycelial Crisis. That was definitely well-written, and it was uh, one of those kinds of adventures that you could actually play multiple times and not get tired of very quickly. And the maps were gorgeous. Like, oh, yeah. My jaw dropped multiple times on those maps. But what I liked about the new UI is... Um, it was just so much easier because, of course, beforehand, patrols, you had little blobs on sector space, which you just went up to, you went in, you killed a load of stuff, zoomed back out. These new patrols, for the most part, had a lot more story to it, which yep. related to some of the other content, which was also nice. It wasn't just you go in and then you combat Klingons or I haven't actually done patrols for the Klingon side, so... Bet you've got some for the Federation there. Go on um, and shoot five mobs. <laughs> yeah. So yep. it was a nice way to sort of get people if they've got nothing else to do and just wanted to kill crap or um, especially with the Endeavor system. If you needed to just do some damage, then you could just where you go to events is just click the tab for the patrols. And then it was just easy to go in. You didn't have to go travel anywhere, which just made things so much simpler and just easy just to play rather than sit there waiting, traveling, going, yeah, I'm bored now. Screw this. I'm going to go do something else. I touch a little bit on the um, the rewards as well. The Mycelial Crisis event, uh, I believe this was one of the first times that they actually included a full set of uh, Elachi disruptor weapons with the frigate, which was part of the thing, and three ultimate te tech upgrades as part of that reward package for that event. It was quite awesome. Yeah, but didn't they limit the tech upgrades to only be used on those weapons? Sadly, yes, uh, which did, you know, was a little bit frustrating. But as, it, as upgrades go, that's a pretty uh, spectacular reward. It's still a nice little extra freebie, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of the Alachi Disruptor weapons, although I do love the effect of the little curve 
heading out towards your target, but uh, it was really nice getting that as sort of a full package. I still haven't flown that ship or used those weapons. I do like to get ships and I've got so many that and still haven't flown. I, I do want to try getting round to flying sort of these other ships, but usually I pick the ship that I want a trait from or something because which order I do, but there's so many it's just like, that looks so nice, but it's just like, yeah, I will get around to doing that, but I just keep forgetting. But I'm starting to try and play some of my other characters because I've got so many characters. It's like, right, get this one DPSed out the way I want it. And then that will be my main ship for that. And then what I'm going to do is for all the other characters is I'm going to start saying, right, I'm going to put you on that ship. And then that's the ship you're going to stay with. And then I'll level that one up, which it helps that they've now started to release a level six where it does an account unlock for it. Just wish they'd do that with more of it, because of course it means then for my main character, if I want all the traits, as I said, I'm a completionist. I've then got to level that up on my primary character every time. Amen, brother. Amen. Preach. I would love it if uh, all of the ship masteries were account-wide. Um, uh, please, oh cryptic devs, listen to our plea. I think they use the first lot of the tier six to see how things go. But yeah, if for all the current ones, if they just added to that, you even if it was just double the amount of points, that if you got to that point on any ship where you just unlocked it for the entire thing, then you get people in game and it gets people flying, even if it's with their primary character, it gets people going back and getting those points on those ships to unlock. So I do hope they do at some point backdate it to all other ships that have the mastery on it because that would get so many people flying ships again yeah which is one of the um, mainstays or i should say the main new features introduced in the uh, season 19 legacy which i'm jumping a little bit ahead here but with the introduction of the 10th anniversary legendary starship bundles suddenly all of the ships where all of their masteries were available for all of your characters on your account. Yes, I do like that pack. I must admit, I did splurge. Yeah, same here. Although I didn't get the first one with the bigger discount. Um, I was trying to get the money together for it, and payday was like a few days later. So I was just so disappointed that I was so close to being able to afford it. So I was happy when they introduced another deal on it, but it wasn't quite as um, discounted, but still a nice discount on it so sorry right i've got the money i'm getting it i'm getting it yeah i i found i found the purchase or the, i should say the repurchase of ships i've bought many other times as part of that set to it, it took a while for me to agree to do yeah the, to do it to actually spend the money but once i did i felt pretty good about the purchase all of the ships in the package are playable meaning at some point one or more of my alts will be using ships from this set but for the most part, I think the whole concept behind having a ship mastery as being account wide is the way to go. It would be it would make me much happier. I'd be more likely to start new characters without having to redo the work that I've done twenty other times in the past. Absolutely. I was gonna ask you, what did you think of your jellyfish? Um disappointed, really. Oh. Overall, I found it. I'm not a fan of tiny ships. Give me the big honking giant ships that can't turn. Um, jellyfish was too small for me. Now, there was a bit of a, uh, a glitch in the system, which occurred in the first 48 hours, where the uh, weapon systems on board the jellyfish were reclaimable on any tune. So I have, a, I have a couple of Klingons walking around with jellyfish equipment <laughs> that perhaps they shouldn't be, <laughs> but... The, mic the micro torpedo launcher in particular was one that was well worth having. But beyond the, the ability to drop a, a red matter sphere, there's really nothing about the jellyfish other than it's a really nice looking design. I just find it difficult to fly. Mm. Yeah, it's one ship I haven't got because that was a lockbox one, wasn't it? Or R&D. Indeed it was. Yeah, I might get it one day. We've sort of stepped forward a bit in time with those ones. So if we head back to season 18, we've sort of talked about the mycelial crisis event and the new patrols that came out. But we'd also got an extra episode in Jeweler's Discovery Arc, 
Yeah, which was a really good episode. That featured Anthony Rapp as a hologram, whereas um, he was Paul Stamets there for um, Beneath the Skin, I think the mission was. Yes, it was, yeah. And we also had a load of new cross-faction ships come out. So we'd got the cross-faction Intel Science Bundle, um, cross-faction Strike Queen Escort Bundle, the Infinity Promotion, which gave the Vulcan Experimental Scout Ship and the Freedom Class Exploration Frigate. We also had the Kelvin Divergent Lockbox. So we'd got the Kelvin Heavy Destroyer, the Einstein Class and the Kelvin D7 Class Heavy Destroyer. And we also had a couple of other ships come out. So the Mysterial Crisis was the Alachi Qualsh Class. Whether I've said that correctly or not, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Quilash? Quilash? <laughs> Goulash? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not going to pronounce uh, what came out in the Q's Winter <laughs> Wonderland of that year. Oh, it's the Ferreki Ferang class. Ferkiri Ferang. Oh my god, I said Ferreki, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> and that's going in the show. Absolutely. <laughs> A couple of a couple of quick thoughts on that. The Elachi um, frigate that we we first saw in the in the episode. My only complaint is it doesn't get to land and walk, <laughs> as we later came to realize it could do. That that looks very cool. The other cool or not so cool feature is the Ferenglas dreadnought carrier comes with a um, unique item, ability to project a flaming skull ahead of your ship. What's interesting, it's got such a long range on it, you can accidentally activate ISE and ISA during the 60-second um, cooldown period before it starts. Only on some maps. Some maps, the cooldowns are actually disabled. But yeah, there are an awful lot of missions where they're not. So you fire off all your pets and you can activate all your stuff. And they just start destroying things before the timer starts. And it's just so cool just watching them fly. I did love that carrier. I actually flew that for quite a while, actually. Yeah, it it was fun to play. I, I play a little Warhammer 40,000 on the side, and it has that kind of vibe to it, which is really cool. But also be having um, a Lieutenant Commander Science and Miracle Worker seat, I was very impressed with that combination. Yeah, that was the Winter Wonderland prize, wasn't it, during that season? Correct, yeah. And then the veteran rewards were added for a Jem'Hadar Vanguard Heavy Destroyer, and the fleet Jem'Hadar Vanguard Heavy Destroyer as well. So if you'd got veteran rewards for being a lifetimer, they actually added to that, which they hadn't done for a fair amount of time, adding anything to those. So it's nice to get some extra rewards. Correct. I haven't got the fleet one, but I have actually been using the Heavy Destroyer on my Jem'Hadar character. So that is Season 18. So season 19, Legacy. Aaron, did you want to go through what was re released with that? Yeah, so Legacy brings us into 2020, or as most of us have come to call 2020, the year of hell. True. <laughs> I, I just call it the event. The event. <laughs> so yeah, so we, we, we launched uh, 2020, so January 28th of 2020, it launched on PC and it came, uh, Legacy came to console March 3rd. And we had the 10-year anniversary event at this time. And I think we had some of the best missions ever. And with the voice work from you-know-who, oh my god, the best ever, those missions. With the Measure of Morality Part 1 and the Measure of Morality Part 2. Like, yeah, 7 of 9. Like, oh. And they finally updated her to look like 7 <laughs> of 9 and not Matt Damon. <laughs> I took a really funny screenshot on Xbox when I played one of the missions and uh, she didn't look too good. <laughs> that was an Xbox One X. I'll have to find it and post it in the uh, our chat afterwards. What was interesting to me was the level of fan service that went into the back-to-back -back nature of these two episodes, The Measure of Morality Part 1 and Part 2. Um, literally... Every 15 seconds, there was some reminder to some other aspect of Star Trek. Yeah. Up to and including some of the most interesting cutscenes we've seen in a while. And we've just come from the return to the Gamma Quadrant missions and everything else. I, I was really impressed with these two missions. Yeah, they were an awful lot of fun to watch. And 
I suppose it's a good introduction as well, because there are a lot of Trekkies out there that haven't seen all of Star Trek, because there is a lot of it. And it's also something that if they do ever go to watch it, it's like, oh, that's where that came from. And so many callbacks to past series, to even past episodes in Star Trek Online as well. It's just like, I forgot that happened. Just so well done. I I, I love the fact that they even flash us back through some of the episodes of Star Trek Online and give us the option and kind of choose different options to get different outcomes. Yeah. And I I thought that was brilliant. I I absolutely enjoyed these missions. I loved the way it was done. And Seven of Nine. Like, I still can't get over Seven of Nine. It was nice that they made it, of course, Seven of Nine from Picard, rather, because, of course, last time she was in game, she was Seven of Nine from sort of post-Voyager. So it was nice that they sort of did do that update. But I must admit, I never saw her character originally in-game and thought of Matt Damon. Every (laughs) time I saw her prior to the update, all I could think of was the puppet puppet movie, I forget its title, Team Team America, America, (laughs) and Matt Damon sitting there going, Matt Matt Damon. Damon. Every time. (laughs) I couldn't break that association. Yeah, there were... There was a lot about those episodes. I recently have been replaying the Delta Rising set. I'm two thirds of the way through and it's an updated, it's the updated uh, seven in those episodes. And I was very thankful because it was substantial improvement over what was currently there. Exactly. So what about the ship? What about the anniversary ship? Let's kit bash. Is that the the Kittimer class, is it? The Kittimer class Alliance battle cruiser. I wasn't sure of it to begin with. It was just like, Okay, as ugly ships go, <laughs> I I designed this very ship some 35 years ago as I was trying to figure out how would I kit bash a Constitution class and a D7 model and make it work. And that's kind of what I visualized in my head. And when I heard rumors that this was coming, I was like, nah, they'll never do it. And then when we saw the first sneak peeks of it, I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> Maybe an ugly ship, but it's the ship I've always wanted. It was interesting. I definitely wanted it, and I wanted it in my lineup of ships. I only played with it a short time, and then I, I moved back to my my big honking Enterprise J. <laughs> yeah, I did play very long with it myself. I, I, I Obviously, to grind out the ship mastery to see what that was like. But it, it was a very capable ship. I was surprised for something that they give away free as part of the promotion of the game. It was quite cool. And this this is the same time that they're releasing the liberated uh, Borg lockbox and the command juggernaut became available. So there's a bit of a battle. Which one do I want to play? But uh, both turned out to be quite good ships. Now, did anybody else catch like a little bit of a similarity with La Serena from Star Trek Picard, primarily in the aft section of the ship? I didn't. I kind of, I, I, every time I looked at it from a certain angle, I was like, that's very La Serena. I hadn't thought of that. But they did a lot of stuff when it came to remodeling in season 19, because they went back and they made more screen accurate models for the Akira class, Galaxy class, Intrepid, Defiant, Sovereign, the Taklas, um, Romulan ship, as well as the Tafaro, and the Kelvin Timeline Constitution class. Also re- received some minor improvements as well. Not to mention, of course, Seven of Nine's revamped model that we talked about. I think some of that was to do, because with the Legacy Pack coming out, they were reselling existing ships in a way, but just adding to them a little bit. So part of that was all these classic ships got revamped, so they looked even better. Because, of course, with the improvements to the engine that they've made and the lighting, some of these ships their models were based before all this stuff went on. So they sort of, I think they probably increased the poly count and everything else of them all. And they do look so much nicer. Just wanted to step back for a second to the Liberated Borg Command Juggernaut that you mentioned earlier. I've added this to my maybe list. What are your feelings about that? Because I don't feel that we'll ever get a Borg Cube. I kind of stuck my foot in my mouth a couple of months ago when I called out the game without <laughs> knowing all my facts. And uh, yeah. I had to recant my statement. So I'm, I'm curious what you what you think about the, the command juggernaut, if you've had a chance to kind of fly it around, play with it. Is it worth getting? I haven't. 
but my son wants it. He, he goes, can I have that? And I said, unless you have the money to go through all the lockboxes? No. Oh, I have got this amount. No. <laughs> just like, maybe one day. Yes. It's just like, yeah, you're not a teenager yet. So, yeah, you, you can live without it. And, of course, then we'd go do a mission together. And, of course, what ship would come up into the TFO? There'd be a juggernaut. Oh, I so want that ship. Of course, yeah, it always happens. Let, let's not let's not start him gambling this early. <laughs> so um, I ended up getting two, and it was a, it wasn't my intention to go out of my way to buy a second, but the price on the on the exchange was so good, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to do it. As ships go, it's incredibly slow. It probably has among the worst turn rates in the game, but it is basically it's a beam ship um, is the best way of describing it. Um, and if you like playing or like the idea of playing a Borg in-game, this was the first time you could actually go out and assimilate another ship, or on, even on the ground with the, the ground module for assimilation. It was a lot of fun, and I still like it. I only play it on one character now, though, because of its slowness. It's, it, you have to sort of park your brain, go, okay, I'm going to sit at a distance, and here's what we're going to do. Do you still have the second ship available? Oh, no, I know I've, it's on a character, so I wish I could package it up and resell it. There's very few ships, lockbox ships, that I own multiples of, but it was just a good price. I couldn't pass it up. When you say good price? Uh, the second one I picked up for under $300 million. Oh, wow. So that was, that was definitely uh, someone just wanted to flip it as quickly as possible to get some cash. Yeah, they're probably looking to get another ship. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. No, but it's a, it's a fun ship to play. And between uh, the Alliance vanity shields and uh, the Borg vanity shields on these things, they look spectacular. They look just fantastic. One other ship that actually surprised me and I've used now to level characters is the uh, Kobayashi Maru class freighter that we got to a chance to win during this uh, season 19. Yeah, I've heard I heard you guys talking about it. It's like a little fun little ship, little tiny T4 ship, and it holds its own. I was very impressed with it. As a matter of fact, for for the first couple of weeks, I was using it for endeavors. If I needed to go get damage of a particular type, I'd load whatever I had on it, run a couple of missions, and it was more than fine. Uh, quite impressive little ship. I think um, I had seen in chat that some people actually went and took it on um, infected space, just a whole group of people running the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> and they still completed it without any problems. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, to be honest, the, the, there's no content in this game that you have to buy a specific ship for. Yeah. Any ship will do, in my opinion. It's just how much time do you want to spend doing it. Yeah, everything's versatile in terms of what they can do. But when it comes to Borg ships, I know lots of people have been always crying out to do a ball cube or a sphere but me or sphere one of the issues that i think it might have been gecko had said at one point is how do people know which way they're facing i think that was one of the primary issues that the devs have with that ship it's not that they couldn't add it in but these things are supposed to spin especially the cube so how do yeah. people know which direction they're heading in so it just adds an extra element to the game that they have to figure out because they'd obviously have to add something to the UI so they know which way they're flying and facing. I'm not going to say anything because I've already stuck my foot in my mouth once about this. You always do, so why <laughs> stop now? <laughs> <laughs> no, last time almost got me in big trouble. <laughs> oh, okay, well, let's just let's change the topic a little bit. What did you guys think about the, t the new TFO to hell with honor? That was the one um, where you're fighting... It was the Alachi on the ground force, wasn't it? Yeah. Fighting on the surface of a moon. I enjoyed that mission. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I did too. When things would go critical and blow up and the fireball would consume part of your ship, I have to admit, I, I really enjoyed that. Because I did enjoy the other mission, which was the shuttle-only one. But the problem was, is with the shuttles... Well, it's the same with um, the jelly. It's just so small, you could lose where you are. Yeah, and exactly. That's the only thing that I always hated about that is, although I enjoyed that it was something that you could actually do with your shuttles for a change, because there are some really nice shuttles. Yep. 
and I do love my Delta Flyer. We all do, I think. But it was just you, just the scale of everything else. You're always zoomed in, and then you couldn't find anything. So you're continuously trying to change sort of what you can see to seeing yourself and knowing where you're actually. Flying. Yeah, then changing all the way back afterwards to zoom back out again because you're on your hull of your yeah. dreadnought or whatever. But with this event, you were flying your normal ships, weren't you, for that one? Yes. So it was so much nicer to do, but of course everything was still on the ground. So I did enjoy the fact that you had this different perspective, although it was in many ways no different to any other space bat. But usually where you just can't go any lower, um, you'd actually got some ground on it. But no, I did enjoy this mission. Very good. And, you know, we had some giveaways that were actually really decent uh, during the 10-year anniversary from February to June. They have gave away a lot of things like the Abraham Lincoln Emancipator outfit, uh, the Borg pack, the Healthcare Workers Salute Bundle, the Civilian Outlet for Seven of Nine, and the uh, Alliance Kittimer Crew uniforms and the Alliance Vanity Shield. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that got given away in a few months. And I think a lot of that was to do with COVID as well. Exactly. Because... They re-ran the winter event as well during this period. Exactly. Just so people had always got something to do. So it got an awful lot more people back in the game. And it for me, because I'd just been furloughed, so I started getting back in game big time. And sort of running these events, did that, did my endeavours. And then that's when I started working through trying all the special recruits, is actually getting all the little unlocks done and that started me getting back into the game big time with all these events i I love that i i completely agree with you covid was terrible for business but fantastic for my gaming life (laughs) the number of hours that i've put back into the game has somewhat surprised me in fact i'm almost finishing a new alt leveling from the ground up uh, from scratch and i swore i would never do it again Add one more alt to the mix. Is that 47? <laughs> Is that number 47? No. It's 23 <laughs> to be precise. Oh, you've still got a long way to go. I know. To catch up to Drogan. I know. I know. I know. But I have to have unique ships for every every character that I play. And that's getting bloody expensive. Actually, I think Drogan is one of the few people that actually have more characters than me, isn't he? Yeah, he's up there. I don't even know. (laughs) It's way up there. It's over 40, isn't it? I think it's way low over 40 now. I've got 53 in total. And that's over four accounts, including PlayStation 4. But on my main PC account, I have 41. Yeah, you you definitely have me beat. Uh, And I struggle with 23. Because like you, I'm a completionist. I've got to get certain things on every one of them. And it's very frustrating. To make things worse for me, I actually restarted. I actually deleted and recreated characters. Because when we had some of the recruits, I created multiple recruits. But of course, now working the way through them, I thought, actually, to redo all the recruit unlocks is just going to be a pain in the ass. You don't need to. So I thought what I'll do is I'll delete all these recruits and recreate them as standard characters who can then, when they reach level 20, gain all the unlock rewards. So yeah, I deleted a load of characters and then recreated them. So any progress I had made with loads of them, (laughs) I lost. But it'll be an awful lot easier to level them up later, especially with a lot of the rewards you get from these recruit ones as well. If I could only rebox my loot box ships, my lobby ships, so I could transfer them around, I would do that in a second. But sadly, no. Yeah. So you know what I loved? Uh, now you mentioned Lobby Store. It kicked me in. One of the things I loved that they released at this time during the Borg lockbox part was the additions to the Lobby Store, the Borg exoskeleton frame and the BATD extractor. I use all that stuff today because as a lifetimer and with the foundry and everything I did, my character was always a liberated Borg. Now, I didn't buy my lifetime sub until several years into playing the game. So I had my main character, who was Admiral Aaron, but he had no Borg parts. So by adding these items to the Lobby store, you best believe I bought it, because I could make Aaron <laughs> seem more Borg. So it's one of being my one of the things like, okay, so as a lifetime sub, can you please unlock those options for me on my existing character so I don't 
Like I have one that was created as Admiral Aaron that I could use for show and that had him more set up to look like he was in the foundry. But my main character still was lacking those parts. So I really wished that they, they were like, even though I purchased it, I could unlock and add to modify my existing character to have those additional parts. But the way around this was the Borg exoskeleton frame and it's worked wonders. I really enjoy it. I do too. I have it on two characters now and I love it. But what you're saying about being able to re-lock up and package up things like Lobby ships, that would be nice because if they had it that you could get a token to do that for a Lobby ship, but to only make it account bound. So you could transfer a ship to another character. So you couldn't sell it or anything, but it unlocked it so you could actually do it with another character to actually use it. That would be nice. Let, let, let's just tear the band-aid off that the full full distance. Let's make lockbox and lobby and R&D ships account bound rather than character bound. And that way you can have your lobby ship and you can have the the ship mastery and you can enjoy that ship on whatever character you want to play it with. Yeah, that would be nice, but given that it's one of their primary incomes um revenue makers I don't see that changing anytime soon but if you could at least spend some sea store points because they could make it that's like 250 zen a small upgrade yeah to buy a token to repackage something to send to a character and then if you wanted to resend it to another character that's another 250 it's a way for them to have a small microtransaction to send something to another character so people still spend time in game. And it could even be when it comes to like leveling it up, especially as they still haven't done account bound stuff to all the old ships. It could be any progress you made on leveling that up is then lost so you don't carry that over. So people have to spend time leveling that ship up so it still bums in seats, so to speak, into the game. But it'd be a nice way for people to work on other characters to get them doing more rather than just coming in, doing their events and then going off to do something else. Because if they've got something else to do with a favorite ship, it then allows that. So, uh, yeah, ideally, if they could just make it account bound and unlock account wide, that would be even better. One of the ongoing store issues, which as of our recording today of this third episode, still are in effect. Is that some uh, if you're if you're a uh, player of Star Trek Online and you go to Mud's Market today and you buy access rights to something that was previously a lobby or lockbox ship, you now get that as account bound. If you purchase that exact same ship uh, any more than a year ago, you don't get the benefit of making it account bound. And there's a reason for this: is that programmatically they can't pull up information more than a certain time period to say yes or no whether your account had bought it i think if they can solve this problem which ambassador kale has mentioned that it's a priority for them to fix it would be very possible for us to have lobby ships and whatnot that are available uh, account wide but that's just me speculating loudly any of those options would just be so nice for so many players and the thing is if they knew that they could reuse ships in any way then it's more incentive for people to get Completely agree. Yeah, one thing I would uh, love, but I don't think will sort of happen is uh, I used to, I've got the lifetime on uh, PC still, and then uh, but I'm, as I'm playing console more, it would be nice to sort of like have the option to send something to my console account, so to speak, to tie it in. But I don't think that will ever happen because we now have so many games where you have cross-platform yeah, exactly. sort of functionality. It would be so nice if that could be worked out, but yeah, I'm not sure if that's actually possible given the game engine and the way things work, but it would be nice. But I think it's also the updates, some of the processes they have to go through to tie in PC with that. Yeah, because console's like several months like later. Yeah, that's why they get it late is because they've got to do an awful lot more work behind the scenes to get things approved and released. I could be wrong, that, but just from what I can recall from interviews and that previously with the devs. No, you are right with uh, they have to get things approved by uh, Microsoft for updates as well as Sony, for example. 
because they don't want their platforms getting ruined by a, a fatal issue with an update or anything like that. With the freedom that they have to just do things on PC and the things that they can do with that freedom, I'm not sure they'd give that up. But yeah, it, it is a shame that they can't be tied in, or at least if they tied in the different consoles to each other, that would be nice. So if you actually change to another console, um, yeah. you can then continue playing your account. But you never know, with the introduction of PlayStation 5 and the other new consoles coming out this year or next year, whether or not that's an avenue they sort of explore for that, who knows. But um, if we head back to what was actually released for Season 19, we sort of talked about the new TFOs. We had previous missions um, or Special TFOs added to the main list. We had Battle of the Binary Stars and the Mysterial Realm re-added to the game. They're added in the TFO list. And ship-wise, we had an awful lot. We've already talked about the Kitbash, Kitima-class Alliance Battlecruiser and the 10th anniversary ship where we had 10 ships come out. So we'd got all the TV shows. We got the NX, um, Defiant, the Glen, um, Intrepid-class, Kelvin, Constitution. Ross class, Sovereign class. Yeah, we'd got all those new updates come out with those. Talked about the Liberated Borg Command Juggernaut. We also had the Ferengi Quark class Marauder and the Undine Chirax class bio warship. Uh, yeah, and we we also had that Undine Kiwavi uh, class in the Lobby store as well. You also. I managed to get a Talis class legendary light Intel warship as well. And then the no win scenarios, you had the Kobayashi Maru class freighter, freighter, um, which was scaling from T4 um, or 2T4. I can't remember. Is it 2T4, that one? Yes. It is, yeah. So um, unlike the other ones that scale to T6, and for the Klingons, there's the Tongji class freighter as well and then that just left the special requisition choice packs um which were tier six ones which you got the section 31 command heavy battle cruiser which was from discovery that had all the little little ships extra little ships that came from the hull plating like at the end of season two and if you don't know what i'm talking about then why haven't you watched it yet (laughs) drone swarms spoiler (laughs) it's been out long enough and plenty of time before season three drops anyway. Yeah. Now, Lude, I got a question for you. Wasn't there some issues with the the Section 31 and La Serena? Uh, not so much technical issues. Um, the La Serena, or I should say the Section 31 ship, proved to be interesting. There's some good builds out there, but you don't see too many of the ships being played by anyone. The same thing goes for the La Serena class heavy raider. My issues with it was... This is a transport craft that we've turned into a combat vessel. I would rather see the introduction of more freighters. And ironically, a week after that uh, discussion started was they talked about releasing the Kobayashi Maru class freighter along with the Tokjuk uh, class Klingon freighter. Mm -hmm. These are all put into the special requisition packs. But when you do get one of those packs, of course, you've then got access to choose from the variety of previous ones as well so everything from the discovery to the mirror cross field and was it vardwa yeah you can get all those ones including the jellyfish yeah and yeah i think that then wraps up season 19 Mm -hmm. and that's brought us up to modern day essentially a couple of months ago when season 20 was released but we can leave season 20 for the next episode because that is then us all caught up. Oh my goodness. Tom hasn't played season 20 yet. Not yet. It's not on console yet. Oh, well, out the Jeffrey tube <laughs> with him then. <laughs> Can always go down to the lower decks for a change. Indeed. So just as a sort of a final thought, I'm getting close to the wrap up here, guys. What did you think of lower decks? I love it. Hmm. It's okay. I like comedy where it's sort of more subtle. To me, it always just seems too forced. I did enjoy it, but it's not something it's like, oh, got to see straight away. Because of podcasting then, and stuff that I do online, of course, I want to see it before I find out about it from comments. <laughs> so I do try and see it as soon as I can. Yeah, I've enjoyed the trailer, but I will uh, get caught up this week. I'll say 
I enjoyed it immensely. I laughed my ass off in the first one, but I also enjoy things like Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. which are strange and twisted and everything else. And this has a Rick and Morty feel, but we're not killing off all our favorite characters every episode and <laughs> replacing them with another clone. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Well, it is from the creators of Rick and Morty, so I can see why you get that feel from it. My only critique is I really feel like the ship should have been called North Star. That's, a, <laughs> that's my only critique. It hasn't blown up yet, though. Maybe one day. But it, yes, it's lost power even twice during its own opening credits. It loses power <laughs> twice. Yeah. I, I, do, I do find the intro funny them scraping against <laughs> asteroids and things like that. And so if they go into a fight with Romulans and the Borg and they just turn around and run. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, I, I do enjoy it, but it's not for me must-see viewing. But we'll see how things go. We've got must-see viewing coming soon. But I'll see where it all goes. And it'll be interesting to see how they take it. But there are so many little breadcrumbs to previous trek things in there oh good lord yeah just but yeah it it is it is nice it's a nice program you have to stop and take a look at in the background periodically one of the showrunners was joking that we didn't catch even half the easter eggs and in the first episode there is a shot inside of a storage room where you see the corner of nomad the uh, robot uh, picked up during uh, the original Trek run, TOS. TOS, and it's just lying up against the wall there. The entire series is filled with that kind of stuff. Oh, I missed that one. I'll have to keep an eye out for it. Oh, I did pick up on some things, but yeah, I'll have to, I'm, I was planning to go and rewatch them anyway. So anyone else with any final thoughts before we go? I think we've covered everything. So uh, that's it for uh, this week. Uh, thanks again for uh, listening to us uh, ramble on again uh next episode go through season 20 which will be the current season for pca anyway so yeah that'll include everything that's been released since june and the year of the klingon yeah yeah and and new carriers because by the time you hear us again we'll have some more information on the four new carriers about to be added to the game uh sounds good and you can follow us on uh, social media yeah you can follow us on twitter facebook at Stow Starbase One and Colin when he's feeling better and not filled with the rage sickness. You can catch him on Twitter at ColeMH01. So that's C O L M H 01. Yeah, and I'm also on Twitter, which is at uh, TomPod2378. But uh, for any Xbox console players, you can also follow me on Xbox, which it's uh, Night of the Realm. Uh, realm spelt r-e-l-m and i'm stow admiral aaron and you can find me on twitter at stow admiral aaron and also instagram at stow admiral aaron you can follow me at loot critter on twitter uh, if you feel nostalgic you can also read my archived reviews on lootcritter.com. i'm all over the internet at midnight shadow seven that's night spelt n-i-t-e and the number seven and if you also want to check out holosuitemedia.com, there have been a lot of changes to our network, including a lot of new podcasts. And there's more to come. So go check us out. You saying you're all over the internet sounded dirty. <laughs> <laughs> that was intended. Yep. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll speak to you all soon. And uh, please hit that subscribe button so you know when our next episode will drop at your next nearest subspace relay.
Captain's log. I have informed the staff we have departed from Starbase One. This show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Hollow Sweet Media programs. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. And she starts swinging it in a ridiculously reckless way. But it's so over the top that I was laughing out loud and it's putting a smile on my face. I know you were laughing I really when you first related saw it. to that moment. <laughs> you know I get over the top. It was, uh, I just think it gives a good idea at her. And the way they cut around it, it's so close in her face. You're like, oh my God, she's crazy. And then we get the moment where she just slices it into his leg. And it's very graphic. Very it's really detailed. You see the muscle, like the different muscles torn. You can like see the, ligaments. The, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah, I think you see bone as well. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. The orangey skin makes me think of something else. Makes you think nowadays. of Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and bad hair. Oh my God. He's Kazon. Donald Trump is Kazon. Trump is Kazon. Oh my God. I'm surprised he's not calling himself Marge Trump. <laughs> because he's not very bright either. No. It fits perfectly. I understand it all now. We've, we've just been taken over by the Kazon. And we didn't even realize it. No. Oh my God. <laughs> Listeners, we've just solved the mystery of the last four years in the United States. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for The Vedic Assembly, a DS9 podcast. What flavour would I Jello that hasn't set yet. <laughs> flavour, he would be orange. You reckon he'd be orange flavoured? He'd be orange flavoured. just because he's got orange goo? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean... It would be weird if he were a flavor and he were orange-colored goo and you tasted it and it was like lime. That would be disconcerting. be surprising. So, yes. He's... But I say like, like <laughs> bitter orange, you know? Yeah. Bitter orange Like a blood Odo. orange. Yeah. Blood orange Odo. Yes. Oh, now I would totally eat Odo Let's do now. that. <laughs> Computer, deactivate Holosuite.